We're talking hockey. Ralji and Rupp are talking hockey. Caps money line looking good. <laughs> Hello and welcome to That's Hockey Talk. It's a beautiful night for hockey on YouTube. And that amazing voice you just heard was our pal of the pals, our Canadian friend, our north of the border lad at Baba Gumpino. Now, affectionately known as Gumps. Gumpy, how you doing, Bob? <laughs> All is change, well, we changed friend. the text too. I like it. Yeah, and the man who gave him gobs. the man who gave him that incredible nickname, Stanley Cup champion, scored a game-winning goal in Game Seven to clinch that cup. He's an NHL Network analyst. He's our guy now. He's here on that hockey talk. Ropper, how you doing, Mike Rop? I'm doing well, folks. We got our we, last week was great. We got the kinks out. We got it going. A little introduction. Now we got we got live games, right? The live watch along. So I'm excited to do this. It's going to be fun this year. That's right. This is only our second time going live. I'm sure we're going to screw something up. Probably already screwed up the intro. But we we get shout out to Bill and Zito back in the office. They made us some cool graphics and some cool videos. Uh, and we are watching along live right now. We'll put it on the ticker down here. You can watch with us. We're watching the Rangers and Caps on TNT right now. Uh, did, I thought Washington scored twice. Am I behind? What's going on here? It looks it like yeah, yeah, they brought it back. So. They're trying, okay. to, they're trying to screw us out there. They're trying to take the money <laughs> line away from us, these bastards. Also, I'd be remiss if I didn't shout out our sponsor, SeatGeek. You're alive, but are you living? Go live. Go experience an NHL game in these full-capacity barns. The link is in the description to this YouTube Live right now. Go bang that, and you can save 15% on any 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 purchase of nhl tickets this season as long as that links in that bio it's good to go so just bang that and uh shout out to our, our pals at SeatGeek who who had a big day today. i think they got bought and went public it was a big day for SeatGeek. um boys big day for the nhl espn had their debut last night tnt yeah. makes their debut tonight what did we think initial thoughts on the espn broadcast i saw a lot of mixed reactions on twitter some good some bad I was kind of in the middle. They did some things I really liked, and there were some technical issues and some things I didn't love. But, uh, Rupper, I want to start with you. You're a TV guy. You've worked in the TV biz. What did you like about the broadcast last night from the Pens and uh, the Seattle Kraken in Vegas was the late game, and Pittsburgh-Tampa Bay was the early show? Yeah, no, I, I you know what I liked? I, I like. I thought that they, ESPN did a good job of giving us like those football feels, right? Those those angles. Uh, I don't know what you guys thought, but I love when we came back from break. In the, I don't know. I I love to see what was actually happening. I think someone's just walking on the ice with a camera, and they're getting those shots, right? <laughs> and you can see the size of uh, a Brian Boyle or some of these big rigs out there, and you can see the boys. And uh, I thought it was something unique. It, it gave uh, they we had some different camera angles. If I'm being nitpicky, I thought the one camera angle, like the bird's eye, that's like a little bit of a 45 degree. I thought they hung with it a little too long to watch gameplay, and I, I lost. I, I would think a lot of people, I, I did. You kind of lost where the puck was. We're not used to seeing it that way, so maybe a little less of that. But I thought everything else was executed great. It was fresh. It was new. I, I think it's great. But you're always gonna have those people bitching, right? You know, you got the traditionals that they want to keep it, and I get it. I get it. But the whole point with all of this and the excitement is like. ESPN had that opportunity yesterday. They're going to keep tweaking it. Now it's TNT, and I've already seen some things tonight that it's it's fun, man. It's new. It's it's something something unique. Gumpy, uh, to Rupper's point, the ESPN camera angles that they tried to throw in there—they're calling them the rush. It's kind of yeah. like a sky cam, but it's not overhead. Yeah. You're you're in the action, but 
you're they were kind of far away on a few like i feel like yeah. they need to get a little bit closer and i feel like people i saw a lot of people bitching about that mm -hmm. angle and i think it's because it's different because it's new and i think it's one thing like rupper and you could speak to this a little bit too but like it's more of an on-ice vision type of thing. Like, I was always taught when I was younger watching hockey, and I tell this to new hockey fans, like, you're not always supposed to watch the puck. Like, don't get fixated on the puck. Kind of watch the play. And it's easier said than done if you haven't played before or you're new to the sport. But, like, if you don't watch the puck constantly, if you look for the play around the puck, you can start to see plays develop. You can see backdoor passes about to happen. You can kind of get that kind of vision, that high hockey IQ people always talk about. No, I think so. I mean, it, I, I just think that you, you watch body language, right? And I remember, I mean, even if it wasn't that long ago, when you're talking back in the early 2000s, it was it, the, before high-def television, hockey was terrible to watch on TV. You couldn't, see, oh, yeah. you couldn't see anything, right? You could barely make out numbers of guys and names. So you had to base it off of body language. Uh, now with the, the high-def and, and the ability and, and the great pictures, you, you could see it a little bit better now, but still, it's still a kind of a body-language sport that you got to just watch and see, and uh, I agree with you. Once those, but it's weird. When those angles switch, I like the angles. Like, it was cool. I, I think they almost need to treat it like, um, you know, like play by play. the rule in play-by-play -play is like, all right, if I'm doing if I'm doing the color job for a game um, and, and uh, all of a sudden, you know, Steve Mears is doing the play-by-play -play and he takes it, uh, you know, I grab it and I go with Easy. it. When there's a scoring chance, I got to get out. I got to get out, right? I got I got to let the play-by-play -play guy get the call. And it's the same thing here. Get that shot. When we're getting something that we really need to see or scoring chance, get out of that camera shot and go back to traditional. Yeah, it's got to be quick. Gumpy, would you like anything new or different you liked? Uh, I saw they, they they brought back, obviously, the iconic NHL Tonight yeah. uh, theme music, and they had a little whole little five-minute video on that in the intro. Bieber was narrating it. And, you know, Canadian hero, Justin Bieber. Uh, did you get the goosebumps a little bit watching that? I know you were watching baseball at the same time, so you weren't fully immersed, but it had to, that had to tug at the heartstrings a little bit. I think the best part is, is you know they're going all in on this. That's the biggest takeaway yes. I got. People are going to bitch. I get it. That's what happens. But the biggest thing is they didn't have the glowing puck like Fox. That was, <laughs> if that's all we needed, they didn't do the glowing puck where the if you shoot robots. 100 miles per hour, it turns, it went red and fucking shot through the fucking crowd. <laughs> and the fucking, as long as we didn't have that, it was going to be a success. And I mean, they're going to work out the kinks. It's just awesome to, you get home, you turn on your TV, it's hockey. You know what I, I love? Mean, that's what it's all about. No, and there's going to be kinks to work out because they've experimented over the last number of years, whether it's the all-star game. Remember when they started putting the name tags above players and we started seeing I, yeah. I actually kind of I kind of like that. But they at the all-star game, they started putting some trackers and, and different things on pucks where it's showing, you know, uh, shot speed. And it's almost the same thing. Like when they used to put the uh, they used to put the lasers and stuff on the puck, I remember it, it, there's a couple times you see a weak backhand on that and it's like 87 miles an hour. I'm like what the fuck? That's not an 87 mile an hour slap shot. So uh, <laughs> you know, I think they kind of phase that out. They're like, we're not there yet. So, but I, I like it, man. This is all fresh, new look. Um, the, even on even the on set, I thought those guys did a great job last night. And Chelly and uh, and Mass, I thought it give was give me great look. give me Rick Talkett. Feed me Rick Talkett. I love that man. We'll get to talking in a sec. He he's doing the TNT stuff. I, I I got this tweet last night, and I think it summed it up beautifully. I wanted to share it. Uh, one tree is an NYC. I think he's an Islanders fan. He tweets me a lot. So I think the new angles add things from live experience that aren't there in the normal broadcast game, obviously. But he said the space and how the players move within it or to create it 
let lets us see more dimensions. And I thought that was spot on. That's kind of what we were saying is it's not all about where the puck is and focusing just on the puck. Like that gives you a chance to kind of see how these guys are so talented at movement and CFO Phil pointed this out. Uh, he was texting with us and, and tweeting along during the game. It was a perfect angle for the Brian Boyle goal, which oh, yeah. hell of a story with his comeback and signing the PTO with the Penguins and, and the cancer battles and everything being out of the game for a year, coming back in, scoring a goal in his first game back. Like You really got to see that play develop, and you got to see Boyle come down in, get that nice uh, five-hole goal. It was awesome. Like I like that they're – it's not going to be perfect. I like that they're trying these new things and innovating and let's see what works and let's see what doesn't. And then let's fix it. Like Rupper, you mentioned the play-by-play both yeah. games last night, the first like 10 minutes of each, the, the audio for whatever reason was awful. We heard way too much of the crowd and ice mix. And I think that was because they wanted to kind of juice the crowd up because full capacity arenas. Again, it's a big deal. It's a celebration, but at the same time, like, I couldn't hear Butchergrass. I got like yeah. this weird echo sound. I couldn't hear uh, McDonough, although a lot of people sounded like they didn't want to hear McDonough anyways. I don't mind them. I, I, a lot of people, I think they're scorned from Monday Night Football. But it, once they got the audio issues worked out, the only other thing I saw people complain about was the lack of shots on goal in the score bug. Does that bother you guys at all? Yeah, like It's nice to have, but I'm not me. crying about it. Now that's what got me, right? I'm like, where, where, where was the shots? Where's the shots up? Here? Yeah, and and uh, so I mean, maybe it'll take time to adjust. I don't know if they're planning on doing that at some point. Um, yeah, I don't know about you, Gums, but that that was one thing for me. It just felt weird because we're, we're used to seeing it all the time. Yeah, forever, forever, forever in the day. CBC growing up, fucking shots on goal, fucking since 1995. Since I can remember, <laughs> hey, shots. What on about goal was what on about? The Nick just mentioned the uh, the music, right? The ESPN, the throwback oh. NHL music. But what is that? Doesn't does that not do anything for you? Are you good? Are you talking? Are you more like the Hockey Night in Canada tune? Like what is you know? What do you got? Hey, it all play. It all plays with me as long as hockey's on the TV, like it should be. Like this is the thing, though. When Sportsnet got everything in Canada, they kind of flooded it, and then they blacked it out in regions. And it got really weird. So I think ESPN having it is a lot different. Like when it was Sportsnet in Canada, a lot of the regions were blocked out, Ontario, Ottawa, stuff like that. So without that happening, I think this is the key here. You know what? One one last thing I want to add, and you mentioned it with that angle on the Boyle goal. Um, if they can find and I thought that when I saw the goal, it was a great angle to show that. It's going to be really tough because the game's so fast, right? And it's all about angles, and those angles are moving all the time. Yeah. But that angle showed what a shooter. It gave us the closest look that we have seen from a shooter's perspective of what you see or don't see with Andre Vasilevsky. This man's fucking six yeah. five. He's built like a, a you know a brick shit house, right? Like he is huge. The one vulnerable spot he might have with any guy that size is his five hole, right? So you see from Brian Boyle's perspective right there, and he knows he played with him is you know he's got he's coming in there and he's got to shoot the percentage play and if they we if they could find ways to get alternate angles on shooters now we get to see what what a shooter is actually seeing on a goaltender we never actually have gotten that up to this point so the other thing with that is i saw people complain because they they cut to one of those angles and it was a breakaway that was kind of missed it was hard to see and i don't know if i can't remember if it was the simone breakaway or the evan rodriguez one but i'll i'll tell you right now as a pens fan Neither one of those guys was fucking scoring on a breakaway, so you didn't miss much anyways. <laughs> but uh, like I said, I like that they're trying. 
Like I like yeah. that we're 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 innovating. We're not just throwing the same thing yeah. out there that NBC did. I thought NBC did a lot of good things initially, but then I think they kind of had it for so long and just kind of went through the motions. Now we're seeing some innovative things like the intermission panel I thought was pretty good. Would have Melrose Levy, uh who else was out there? I'm I'm, I'm losing off the top of my head here. Um Mess Messier was out Mess, there. Mess and Shelly. Shelly yeah, was out Shelly, there. Yeah, that they, their was little good. back and forth Shelly was great. Was and then awesome. tonight, tonight on TNT, the panel is awesome. Yeah, with Biz, great. Gretzky, Talkit, and those guys. Like uh they already started earlier in the day chirping each other online. I think it was Talkit. It posted that tweet of those guys working out. I'll try and pull it up here. Here we go. Uh look at this. The boys getting ready. Biz <laughs> Talkit. And fucking the great one, Wayne, on the treadmill. Look at that. Rupper, you live this life. You're on the road. You're doing TV stuff. I don't know. Like, I love Bissonette. I don't think ever in my life I imagined him palling around with Gretzky. It's it's nuts, man, right? Like, I'm, I was thinking that, and I watched in the pregame show, and first off, I, man, I think Biz is going to kill it with TNT. I Crush. love what he does. Dude, he's so good, and, he, and he's what the league needs. And, and the league's been really smart with whether it's via spitting chiclets and all these different things, they've used them for different, uh, it, he, he taps into a different market that this league's trying to get to. And, uh, but I was watching them and all of a sudden it was a little more subdued, Paul Bissonette. He's got the great one on <laughs> sitting on his wing right there. And it, it's, it's, it's going to take a little bit of an adjustment, but I, I love what he brings. And, uh, um, I, I like the mix, man. I like the mix. Um, it's, uh, Wayne's got a presence to him. Wayne's got a, pre Hey, I'll tell did I ever tell you guys? I never told you this. I got an unbelievable rap rap sheet of guys I almost hit with my car. And like I literally almost <laughs> wait. I thought you were gonna say in the ice. I thought you were gonna say you hit Wayne you on the ice. Car, no, rapper, what the fuck I, are you doing? I, I shit you not. And, and this will take me a minute or two. Back when I was playing for the Devils, I was driving Johnny Oduya, who was our defenseman. I was driving him to his place, his apartment. He lived in Hoboken. And where I'm from in, in you know, Midwest or Cleveland, when I grew up, the crosswalks, man, when you're a pedestrian, you look out for cars in New Jersey and New York. No, 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 no. Like people just come out and it's your, the cars have to look out for people, right? That was an adjustment for me. So I'm going and all of a sudden there's this dude in the crosswalk and I slam Johnny Oduya goes, whoa, and I slam the brakes on. I'm not kidding you guys this far away. I look. This guy's got his hat on, a backpack over his shoulder, and he goes like this. He goes and waves to me, and we both lean forward, and Johnny goes, and I look at it, and I go, is that fucking Eli Manning? And he's like, it is. It is. I almost crocked Eli. And that's the year the Giants – that's the year the Giants won the Super Bowl. So thank you very – you know, you're welcome, I guess, to Giant fans out there that I have a good little twitch foot, and I can stop right there. And then – uh, two years before that, I was in Columbus playing for the Blue Jackets. I was taking my kids to a, um, a circus uh, that was at the Nationwide Arena, and they got the practice arena inside it. And I'm late. I'm ripping around this parking garage. You know how you do that, going up and up and up. I come around this corner, slam the brakes on. I almost hit Wayne. I Barry Smith, Wayne Gretzky, <laughs> I, like a foot away from both of them. Almost truck them again. You guys are not going to believe me. I'm playing for the Rangers. Okay? This was in 2012. What the fuck are you doing, At the practice rink for the New York Rangers, we shared with the New York Knicks. I'm late for practice. I don't want torts to give me shit. So I'm flying in. The gate opens. I punch the code. The gate opens. I'm flying down the parking spot. Turn a corner. Almost hit Rasheed Wallace. 
and he he gave me the hairy eyeball, and we gave each other stare down like we might go in the parking lot right now. Like it was awkward, but uh, you know, none. Of, thank God I didn't didn't hit any of them. But that's my uh, that's that's how I that's my closest interaction with Wayne. Hey, I assume you're somewhat of a local hero in the New York, New Jersey area because of the the Stanley Cup goal and everything with the Devils, and you had you had some years with the Rangers. You threw some fists there. You were heart and soul kind of guy. You hit Eli Manning in a crosswalk, you're dead. They're yeah. gonna string you up in yeah. the street. How about like how about if I if I hit <laughs> if I hit one of them and I and I grazed another, then people are like, this fucking guy's targeting super. <laughs> Like you know what I mean? Fucking AJ Hawk on the fucking road, (laughs) Rupper. Jesus. (laughs) I swear to God on all those, man. It's been like I was like, oh, but we made it out. No one, uh, no one got hurt. So no, no harm, no foul. No, no harm, no foul. You're good, Rups. No harm, no foul. Yeah. Hey, speaking of tonight, I think we thought, at least some people thought it was going to be a little bit more of a bloodbath with the Rangers and Caps because everything that happened last season with Tom Wilson and Panarin and then the the retaliation by the Rangers coming back. But like, even then Tom was just ready to go, just ready to punch their lights out one by one this time coming around. He said, Hey, spoke today, try to downplay it a little bit. Like, Hey, I'm I'm just trying to play some hockey. seemed like he felt like he was over the whole thing, but the Rangers went out in the off season. They loaded up. They get Ryan Reeves. They get Barclay Goodrow and Sammy Blay. And now not all those guys are fighters, but Reeves is obviously a heavyweight. But Blay and Goudreau are no, uh, you know, they're not they're not babies. They're there to throw weight around it and bring bring some sandpaper, some grit, and make contact. The Rangers got heavier. They added more jam. We thought we might see some fireworks tonight. So far, only one fight. Rupper, you can speak to this. What's it like going into a game like this? Because I knew you had an experience with Torts. Where you had to kind of, you guys kind of had to retaliate for a situation. It feels like most of the bad blood got out of the way last year, and tonight it seems like they were mostly focused on just trying to play some hockey and get two points. Yeah, I mean, um, all those, a lot of times those situations don't really turn into much. Um, you know, there's a lot of hype around it. Uh, that's why I love when it actually comes through, right? So when you, uh, I just think in modern day too, Matthew Kachuk has done that a lot too, right? Like he he starts these. He starts this, that that whole Drew Doughty situation in L.A. So, you know, the, there was that elbow incident. And then I think it was, was it later on in the game or the next the next time they played or something? Uh, Doughty's skating in center ice and all of a sudden Kachuk he just comes in, comes into the frame and just gets shot out of a cannon. Like he's just going to take his head off. He misses oh, yeah. him. But I'm like, that's what I love. He's, he's like, all right, you guys want a show? I'll give you a show. But, um, yeah, when I was with the Rangers um, – that was back in – there actually wasn't anything that kind of provoked it. I guess it was just Rangers-Devils rivalry. But um, we were playing in, in 2012 at MSG, and uh, we're playing. And, and the games were pretty physical all year. We had a lot of fights in the games. Um, Pete DeBoer, who uh, obviously coach in Vegas now, was the coach of the Devils, and, and we had John Tortorella. And the, uh, the visiting team turns in the, the starting lineup, right? So they turn in the starting lineup and uh, Torts gets it in, in his hands. And so he's coming in the locker room to give us our last little, you know, little punctuation before we go out there. And he starts going and he comes in the room, kicks a garbage can. He's mother, mother after everything, <laughs> everything, mumbling under his breath, calling you know, this junior hockey mentality, bullshit, blah, 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 blah. And he starts going off. So he's like, he writes on the board who they're starting. They're starting uh, Cam Jansen. Uh, Eric Bolton, 
Ryan Carter. Then I think on the backside they had uh, Anton Volchenkov and I think Bryce Salvador. Um, you know, pretty pretty big group, right? Yeah, exactly. That's it, Gunks. And uh, you know it was coming. So so he says that to our group. He's like, we got this. He's like, I, I don't know what to do. Yeah, I, guys, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do. I don't want to put you in harm's way. And that's one of my favorite parts. I love saying is because uh, we had Mary and Gabrick on the team. He goes, I don't know what you guys want me to do. I, I I'm not. I can't put Gabby out there. <laughs> and, and so he's like, he's like, you know what, guys? He's like, Presty, Brandon Press, Presty, play wing, Rupper, wing, uh, Bix. Talking about Stu Bickle, who's our defenseman. Oh, we'll play oh we, we've had we've had Bickle dude. on the show before. Oh, yeah, Bix, Bix is a beaut. Bix is a beaut. Yeah. He's so hungry. He was. I, we used to tease him in the room all the time. He's so hungry to fight. Every game he wanted to play in the NHL and stick, he was everybody, anybody wanted to fight, he was going to go. But anyways, so Torts kind of sets that, it comes in and says that. And so we go out there and we're kind of like, all right, well, how we, how exactly are we going to handle this? You know, we, all the three of us got together before we went out. We're like, hey, let's see what happens here. And uh, we went out and, and every single person at MSG, it, it, there was game seven. There's been many years in the playoffs. I have never heard an arena louder than MSG. Uh, the starting lineups, everyone's getting ready for the game to start. Every person's on their feet and they know what's coming. And we didn't actually even know. And there's not no word said, it was just body language. And, and we had that three on three brawl. So, uh, not many times, uh, things come to fruition like that. But the game's not over yet here. I'm interested to see what happens because, uh, I think Ryan Reeves is he wants a piece of Tom Wilson. He's been saying that for years. Yeah. What what I forget where it was. He came somewhere, and he, I don't know if it was Pittsburgh or another team. But he came yeah. and was like, "Hey, I'm the solution to your Tom Wilson problem." That was like an yeah. exact quote out of his mouth. Sorry, yeah. I got I got fucking big Walt over here going ham. He's... Hey, they got they got Charles Barkley in between the pipes right now. Wayne's fucking going shelf on Charles. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Chuck looks good. And, the, uh, Chuck yeah. looks good. He's got the blocker and glove on. He looks he like he knows what he's doing. Someone gave him a tip though, because in the first block when he did it, oh, five he, hole. he didn't have he didn't have a stick like this five <laughs> hole. He had it like this five yeah. hole, and they're like, close up the five hole, close it up, and he's moving his legs closer. Like no, and talks like turn the stick, so he turns it. He's got it corrected now. Did you That's play good, with uh, Anson Carter, Rops? What's that? Did you play with Anson Carter? Never played with Anson, but I know him from. I did a little bit of uh, NBC with him. Uh, yeah, so it's 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 great seeing these guys, and I think we get to see a different side of them too, man. Uh, I don't know if we always saw, I guess maybe on NBC, um, the personalities, and so far what I'm seeing here, it's they're bringing it right, and these guys what are, he, are trying put, to bring more of a personality. He put up four. Did he put up forty that year? He played on the line with the Sedins in Vancouver. It was something absurd. It's that was one I. I never talked to him about this, and uh, he's busy on air right now, so you won't hear this. But uh, <laughs> I, I remember thinking, remember he was with the Sedins, right? So he had that yeah. year, and then um, massive. And then that, if if I'm not mistaken, they offered him a deal to to come back and, and play there, and I think Columbus offered him more, and he ends up yeah. signing in Columbus, and then you start thinking like, Sometimes, guys, when you're in a good spot, and I, you know, you find that out, like sometimes a little less money might buy you more term, long term. You know what I mean? It might extend things a little bit. Robert, yeah, I think you could have put up career. forty. Yeah, I think man. you could have put up forty skate with the Sedins, man. Oh, I could have done This chair I'm sitting in could have. So it was, uh, man. It, 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 man, it was. Uh, but he was a hell of a player, man. Anson, Anson from Michigan State days on, like he was, he was a gamer. 
And he scored. He scored a game winner in the Spangler Cup in overtime or something too. Fucking Canadian <laughs> legend for that one. The Spangler hey, Cup. Hey, Rupper, what they're Christ. doing on uh, what they're doing on TNT right now, where they got the sticks out and they're over here on the little demo stage. I don't know what you guys call it in the TV biz, but like I know you guys have done this on NHL Network. I've seen it. Can you just pitch that at any time? Like, hey, we're gonna let's go over here and use this because I would be doing this every night. I would be over here with the stick in front of the net. Just like yeah. demonstrating stuff every night, and I don't know why you guys don't do it more often. It's 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 actually really hard though because you know when you're in the studio. So the studio is like even the studio. I'm 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 watching it right now. It looks spacious, but when you're in there, it's actually not very big. And when you put a net down, and I this is the struggle we have at NHL Network because we actually have a rink that they've put up at different times for us. Um, I think the idea was. You know, for MLB Network, which is in the same, you know, we're owned by MLB Network, they've got Studio 42. So you could sit there and Sean Casey could be like, actually, you know what? We're going to go to after break, let's go over to 42. I'm going to show what what happened there on that uh, at bat. And they'll go in there. But baseball's different, man. Like you can, it's all right here. Hockey, we're trying weeks. He's in the net. He's trying to show, there's no angles, right? Like we're in this little week. You can't show angles. So I'm talking about a play from the corner to the front of the net. And really it's like the same angle on camera. So it's tough, but yeah, I mean, if you, I think that's the hard part as a player, you really want to like get your message through, but maybe, maybe the fans just want to see guys go in there and just mess around and, and, and do some stuff. Maybe we're overthinking it. For real, I really do. Like, look at these guys. Look how much fun they're having over here. Like, Wayne, everyone criticizes Wayne. They say he's got no personality. He's laughing his ass off over here. He's having a good time. I love what they're doing. I think I think you need to step it up on the rink over there a little bit. You know who's the best at this? Gumps, you'd love this one. (laughs) Scotty Stevens. Because he's, oh, so, yeah. he's so That's intense, he's God. so intense, and and he's always about D, right? And so talking about yeah. so keep your keep your head up. Yeah, I'll be yeah exactly. Weeksy will be in the net, and we'll be doing a demo or something. I'll be like, all right, screening the goalie. This is how you're mirroring the puck, blah blah blah. And Scotty's like, hold on, as a defenseman, what we do? He comes in and he'll like, I'm in my suit, and he'll he'll fucking ah, right in your right in the back of your spine. I'm like, Scotty, Scott, <laughs> what are you doing, man? We're on TV, but he has no off, no off switch, man. He's going all the time. <laughs> that Devils team was so good when they did. Jason Arnott leave the Stars and go to New Jersey, or other way around. So the, the he went from the Stars to New Jersey, right? New, the, yeah. No wait. And then the de- wait he because de- he won. Did he, did he didn't was he on that team for Dallas? He was, did he win in Dallas? I don't know if he won on Dallas. No, I, think he I don't think beat so. Then. Dallas with no, the Devils. No, he went to Dallas after. Right? I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. Because '99 was was Dallas, 2000 was the Devils, and Arnott had that winner in 2000 against the Stars. Right? Yeah. There were so many good teams. Yeah. There was the Red Wings, the yeah. Avalanche. I think he went. Uh, he Dallas, went there after New the Jersey. Yeah. I'm trying to look it up, but you guys are sucking up all my internet with this stream. At least we look good. I'm slow <laughs> as shit over here. Hey, um, let's talk a little bit about the games last night. We all thought, I think everyone thought, no Crosby, no Malkin, no Gensel, no Matheson, pens are cooked uh, against the defending Stanley Cup champs. And we talked about this a little bit today on Pat's show. Pat brought up the point, like, he watched the uh, Stanley Cup banner ceremony from Tampa, and it was long. Pat Pat didn't like it. I heard that. (laughs) It was long. It was slow. And it was very... uh, dramatic and drawn out and i feel like that took a little bit of the edge off the boys probably having to sit there stand there skate around through that whole thing and like 
they probably just got some of those guys just got done partying with that thing a couple weeks ago. I know guys stay in shape year round, but like I said last episode, these guys played a lot of hockey recently. It's probably tough to get back going into it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, they came out flat, and Pittsburgh looked good. They executed and played like Mike Sullivan wanted them to play to a T. Like discipline, no dumb penalties, strong defensive hockey. Jari, we didn't really get to see him get tested too much, and then it turned into an empty net fest at the end with yeah. Cooper pulling the goalie with six minutes left. I loved it because I had the over, but that also seems to be a little bit of a trend recently with goalies getting pulled earlier now when you're trying to catch up with leads. Usually you see it like three, four minutes, I feel like. Cooper went all out there. That was a six-minute pull. That was awesome. Yeah, you might want to take notes on that. Uh, that's It's been a new trend for a few years, and it's starting uh, the last last year and this year. A lot of earlier coaches are doing that, so those overs are looking pretty good. Um, and, and if you get a guy like Coop, he, he wants to keep chasing it. So you're going to – I mean, you might have some guys on your team might be a little pissed off when they're – you know, Sergachev at the end of that game I think was minus four. I think I, he was out there for at least two of the empty netters, but, I mean, those are just – man, you talk about uh, hurting your stats for nothing really at the end of the game, but uh, you know, you, you go for it and, and, and whatever, but that game was really impressive by the pens. Uh, they had a game plan in place. I mean, they were without a lot. We know that. And they we, went out we, there. We, and they, uh, they showed they've got some, they've got some gumption in their game. And I like it. I like it. I wasn't, I, I, I don't know what they're going to be this year, but that was a really good start. People talk about plus minus a lot. Is that something players look at at all, Ruffer? Like, did you care at the end of the year what your plus minus was? Uh, I did care. Uh, yeah. I think most players care what it is. But when they're evaluated by it, they say it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's more <laughs> – I think it's just more like the boys, you know, uh, just this kind of run their mouth. Like, you know, you guys remember Mike Commodore. He runs that. He does the old – uh what's he with the what's he called the green is he called the green jack i don't know if you made up a different name for it this is the masters basically he's running for uh for the whoever has the, the worst plus minus every year at the end of the year oh, he, puts, yeah, yeah, he, puts, yeah. he puts a leaderboard up on social media it's awesome but that's that's the thing is like the, the only time it's bad is when or even when it's good is when you're you're really different than everybody else. So if you're yeah. a team and everybody on your team is a minus and you're in that range of being a minus, it doesn't matter. But if you're like 15 or 20 more minuses than everybody else, that's bad. And the same thing is it being good. If you're if you're 10, 12 pluses over everyone else, then then that's good. But I, it's a stupid stat. I never liked it when I played. Yeah, we always we always fucking just shitting around in the locker room when we played soccer. If a guy would come on at half and you know you'd scored three and win the game, you'd come in, ah, fucking plus three for the day, boys. Take a walk, you know. Yeah, like, no, yeah, there, there, used to, there used to be a time too where they were like, well, guys would be coming, uh, like you make a bad change, right? Like, yeah, if I, a, if I give you a bad change, now you jump out, you take one step, hmm, goal minus one. It's like you know you get the eyeballs. <laughs> You know, that's not cool, though. So. See, I, I bet it, like, you talked about it. You guys said you cared about it a little bit. Like, I feel like it mattered probably more to you than some guys because you, uh, last episode, you told us, like, you were started as, like, a defensive shutdown guy. So you were probably evaluated off that and judged off that plus minus a lot more so than, like, guys in, like, scoring roles. I, or am I full of shit? No, plus minus only matters, in, in, in my opinion, 
like I said, if it's a big discrepancy or like in a small window for the game, yeah, you're going to say, coaches are going to say, hey, you come out of this game even or better. Okay, that's that's for the game. Like long term, I just don't think you, you overly, I don't know. I don't, think of how many minuses or even pluses for those guys to go out there for empty netters, right? So, I mean, you're you're a skilled guy on a team and you might have a good plus minus because you, you're you're on the ice for seven empty net goals a year. I mean, that helps a lot. And, you know, you get some role-playing guys. Um, they're out there, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're not necessarily getting those uh, in a lot of situations. So, uh, yeah, it's a, I, I don't love this stat. I don't think it has it holds that much, really. Hey, something I saw tonight uh, that was supposed to happen, I don't know if it's happened yet, but Don Koharski, former ref, I don't, I don't know if you know him at all. He's supposed to be working for TNT, I believe, and kind of – I don't know if it's exactly like the role that the NFL has where they hire the former refs and come in and explain rules and whatnot, but that's an awesome fucking idea by the league and the TV networks if they're doing that. I'm very surprised, A, the league is letting that happen because I feel like they are very protective and, and, and close-minded when it comes to their officials and criticism of them. We know what happens. Everyone bitches about them. It's a thing every year. The officials somehow got worse every single year. Everyone says it when they're probably the same going through if you look back on it. But him, I don't know him personally, and I don't know if he can speak or or uh, educate well on the rules or whatnot, but I like the idea of having that type of role like the NFL has on all their broadcasts because every network has it now. If the NHL can incorporate that, I think it's huge. Did you see, you guys saw last night, I think it was Dave Jackson, the former referee, on that uh, Chandler-Stevenson goal, and they had him in there. And that Stevenson goal, um, in, in, in what I, I learned, that's what I love is that, you know, I doesn't, I played in professional hockey for 15 years, and I learned something from Dave Jackson that moment. He's like, hey, he's referees, like if it's the outside of your blade, think about it. It's like the, the outside of your foot, and that's not it. We're not calling that a, a kicking motion. That's okay. If it's the inside of your foot, that's a kick. So, uh, you know, I, I think that that's a, a big thing that I learned watching it. Because when I saw it, I'm like, I don't think that was kicking. I thought it was a really skilled play by Stevenson. But then he started thinking, I love I love hearing those things from the referees, what they're looking yes. for. I never knew yeah. what they're looking for. I just know what the end result is. And it's, most people don't like the end result in a lot of situations. So I love it. And I think both, I think both these networks are doing it. So that goal last night specifically, too, I watched. I fell, I'll admit, I fell asleep in the third period, couldn't do it. I watched yeah. Penguins game. It's an emotional roller coaster. You know, I get through two periods of Vegas and, and Seattle. Third period, I was cooked. I was out. Woke up, saw the goal the next day, and I thought, I'm happy they allowed that because I feel like the whole kicking motion thing initially started as to, and tell me if I'm wrong, if you know this gump, like, or rubber, like guys in the crease. They didn't want guys in the crease with skates kicking at loose pucks because it's easy to injure someone like that. I feel like in that situation, it's a common sense thing. Like, hey, he's basically by himself. He has he has a guy, he has a defenseman tailing him, but it's no he's not any injury risk if he goes and flicks that puck even a little bit forward with his feet. I thought it was the right call. I thought it was a good moment of it being a judgment call and then letting it slide like by letter and intent of the rule, it probably was a little bit of a kicking motion, but yeah. I like that they let it slide. Hey, let's not take goals off the board. That's not what we're trying to do here. We want to juice scoring. We want people watching. I thought it was a good good situation. I thought it was well done. Yeah, and I think a big thing is if you're picking your foot up off the ice, you know, yeah. and, and maybe his foot was up a little bit in that situation, but it's not like 
you're not you're not picking up your foot and winding up and, and taking a, a big boot at it, you know. <laughs> yeah. We honestly don't want that. We got weapons on our feet, so uh you, you want to keep those on the ice. But man, that was sick. He just angled his foot to the inside a little bit, lifted up a little bit, little baby touch, boop, got it up in the air and just a little bit and goes on net. So I, I think that's unbelievable. Hey, we're back from intermission here with the the caps and rangers. Still one nothing caps. Uh they got the, TNT as a shots on goal up there in the scorebook. Love to see that. Looks there like a nine go. to six uh, Rangers lead. Um, Rupper, you played for the Rangers. You've played against the Capitals in many games. Are there certain division games, things like that? Like it's real, right? We as fans maybe build these rivals rivalry up in division games more so than they are sometimes. I think. But you've played for Pittsburgh, you've played against Philadelphia, you've played for the Devils, you've played for the Rangers. Like you have to play in a lot of these games. Like you guys as players feel it too, right? You feel that that anger and, and passion and emotion from the fan bases. Yeah, you do. You do. And it's it's just got a different feel when you walk into the arena that day. It's got a different feel when you go out for warm-ups. The crowd has a little more of a buzz. Um, you know, I was I spent most of my career in pretty much the same division. And, uh, you know, I was drafted by the Islanders originally. I never played for them. Uh, but then I, uh, I played, obviously, for you – know, when, I, when I grew up in the, uh, the Devils organization and played in the minors for them, uh, we played Philly all the time. And we played our division. Like, we were playing the Philly Phantoms at that time, I feel like, eight times a year. I hated those guys. You played them all the time, and you got this hatred for Philly. So then I go to the Penguins. <laughs> Well, we hate them too. So oh, yeah. I hated Philly <laughs> even more. Then I go to the Rangers, and that's like our matchup for the Winter Classic. And and I re- never realized like that was uh, Rangers Islanders is a huge one. But at that time, the Islanders weren't any good, so it wasn't really much. And then uh, the the Devils Rangers. When I was on the Devils, it was like man, we're playing the Rangers. Like we're getting up for it, and uh, a lot of boys putting money on the board for the team fund for that game. Uh, when I was on the Rangers, it was like yeah playing the devils it was more playing Philly, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? so like it had these different feels for it but so i think that that's i always have fun with it like i i hate the flyers i've always hated the flyers and uh, it's been easy for me you know and, and but, to, but to be frank too i grew up and uh i love legion of doom line the old lindros uh uh leclerc and, and, Redbird, and i wanted i wanted to be a philadelphia flyer and i never got a chance to so i always thought man i i when I get to play against when I'm any team I'm on that would play against Philly, like with me and being six five, it, it made me more important uh, in those games than any other game of the season because they needed me to play big, right? And I needed to be physical. So uh, I, I liked hating uh, hating the Flyers. It was fun. That's uh, I'll say it's a shame because you would have been a great Flyer. Like they would have loved you in Philly, but also at the same time, screw them. So <laughs> happy you never made it there. Uh, another thing last night with uh, Vegas and Seattle, the Vegas pregame was fucking awesome. Out of this world, laser light show. They got the night out at center ice. They get the digital cracking, rising up through the ice. The night kills them with some type of energy, sun, fire, beam. And, and that crowd was insane. Like, did you ever – like, what was the best environment that you played in? Because – not a lot of teams were doing stuff like that. No. Like the, I feel like the entertainment value has always been something that is neglected in term in in this sport in terms of outside of the action of the actual gameplay. Like Vegas is putting on a show before the game. I'm sure they're doing stuff at intermissions. Like that's an event to go to that 
someone who's not just a hockey fan would like to go see. Uh, did you like it? Would you have liked to play there and see that? Have you seen it live? Like, what's what's that like for you? That they, they, they do, um, they do it like nobody else. I mean, it's a different level. There's a lot of teams that do great things. A lot of pre, like Tampa, actually has a really great pregame as well. Um, you know the way they work in Thunderstruck and the way they they have so. I mean, it's awesome. They, they get that place rocking. So Outside of that banner ceremony, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they should have taken a page out of the, the book from Thunderstruck and, and got a little more lively. But uh, yeah, they, they do it at a different level out there in Vegas. Uh, it was funny. Like, I remember when the first time we started seeing those, what do you call them? Like when those images are on the ice, right? Like we saw the, the Kraken. Yeah, they're not holograms, but I, I don't Whatever know. Lasers, I guess. Yeah. I don't know what the market is now, and maybe maybe somebody uh, that would be watching this would know much better than me with this. But I remember talking to, to the, the in-game presentation people. I, I think when I played in Minnesota, I was asking about it. And there was companies that would go around, and I want to say, because the teams would bring it out in the playoffs, right? And they were, they were trying to bring it out and just trying to amp it up a little bit. And I want to say it was like 50 grand a game to put together the Jeez. presentation. Like what a business, boys! Like you know what I mean. Like you go around all this crews, and like they probably get to a point now where like we could buy our own product. We have you know people doing this for us in house. But there was a time there where I heard there was fifty k a pop to go to these arenas and put those shows on. Hey, that ain't nothing to sneeze at. Speaking of, uh, it ain't gonna cost you fifty k fifty k to go to an NHL game with our friends at SeatGeek. You're alive, but are you living? Shout out to SeatGeek. Uh, go check them out. There's a link in the description to this show on this channel, youtube.com forward slash that's hockey talk. If you're just listening, uh, go bang that link, get 15% off any ticket to any hockey game, NHL game that you want this season. Uh, save some money with Seeky. Uh, I just saw someone in the chat mention it too. Seattle. Now I think they're still putting the finishing touches on their arena. Climate pledge arena is what they're calling it. Uh, but that's supposed to be, Fucking an incredible, incredible establishment. Uh, Bezos money is in there. Like they're doing that thing top notch. I think it's a renovation. It's not a brand new arena. But um, what do you think their pregame is going to be like? Do we think they're going to go the Vegas route and do a little bit of a show? Or do we think they're going to be a little bit more traditional? Because I say this because Vegas set the expectation very high for both the entertainment value and the results on the ice. And I don't know if Seattle is going to be able to match either because of the roster disparity and I just don't know if Seattle, like they went with a roster build of like, let's win some defensive hockey games. We got a good goaltender. We got two good goaltenders, actually. Uh, they don't have like the high power forwards that Vegas ended up getting. Uh, what do we think Seattle is going to be like when they get their first home game? I know it's going to be loud, but is it going to be Vegas or is it going to be a little bit more traditional? I think the fans are going to be really loud and they got a great yeah. thing going there. Um but Vegas is Vegas, man. Hey, Gumps, like, yeah. those, those, I mean, they, they sell that Vegas thing. Hey, Gumps loves Vegas. If you can find Oscar De La Hoya, he'll be ready for any intermission. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they, it's, it's, they had, they played it up so much. I mean, it's over the top. Like, Vegas does it in a way where you're like, really? But it works. Really, that's kind yeah, of yeah. If you, I think, it, I think though, much, if you did that any other place, if they did that work. in Seattle, it wouldn't no. fly exactly. No. You're you're hundred percent yeah. right. No, it's it's going to be different. I, so I don't know, man. I, it, they'll they'll do a, a great job. You know that. Like their marketing up to this point's been phenomenal. So uh, I'll tell you what, the way that Vegas 
had that Kraken's head fucking blow up yesterday. They better up their game because their their Kraken got blown up in Vegas. And if that's a better presentation, what they have there in Seattle, that's going to be a shame, right? That's what I'm saying. Like you gotta you gotta bring some juice here. Like I don't know the the draft, the expansion draft, and I know that was probably more of an ESPN product than it was. An NHL thing, and or maybe I'm get wrong. That's <laughs> like shirt that fits. <laughs> they had more. They had Sean Kemp in that skin tight hey. shirt. Oh, but that's that stuff that was going on the internet was driving me nuts too. Because like there, there was all those teams that were fighting with with Seattle. Because remember they had Shaq, they had Shaq in the Kraken jersey, right? So Shaq's wearing the Kraken jersey, and all the other places like you know Shaq's from he's Shaq's from I think Newark. And uh, so the devils have him and they're like, oh, cute. Well, we've got him too. And uh, th- then you see Gary Payton and Sean Kemp. They're not even in jerseys. Like well, throw those guys. Those guys are the, me- those are the stars. Got him in fucking medium t-shirts for crying out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. What a nightmare, dude. Uh, totally. Totally. Uh, hey, rapper, when you go into like, you were in Columbus. How far after the expansion was that for them? That what they come in like what two thousand? I want to say yeah, it was right around two thousand. I was there two thousand five. Uh, okay, so you were there like freshly after that, um, and they obviously did not experience that early success. It was a bit of a grind for them. What's that like when you're like? Was it just totally like wow? This is because you were in Jersey. Who you know you guys win a Stanley cup. I assume it was a first class organization in a lot of ways. And then you go to a situation like that with Columbus where they're kind of just getting started. Was it, um, what was like the disparity like, or, or was there any when you're just getting going like that? You know, what? Columbus is a, a really, really underrated town, um, in, in a great hockey town. I mean, that's the, you got the Buckeyes and you got, you got the jackets, you know, yeah. and uh, what they, they they still have the the crew, so they've got that. Uh, well, yeah, they got that new stadium, Rupper. They that place is fucking yeah, that place. That place. Well. I'll tell you what, I, I know the Jackets have done a lot of good things, but they, they've done a lot of good things too. That thing is taken off down there with the crew. Um, but the, you know what? It that's what drives me nuts because over the last few years with these guys leaving, it's everyone's right to do that, right? But like that fan base, man, they're they're a they're a lively fan base. They're ready to get around it. And and um it's it's a great spot. But it was building when I was there. Like we were we were terrible, but um, you know, when it, we were terrible and it was still it was still selling out. You know what I mean? Like we had no business even being halfway full and, and it it was a hot ticket. So um, you know, that, that's a, that's a spot that, uh, yeah, they, they have to be a little more budget, uh, mindful, mindful of the budget, but, uh, it's still the NHL. They treat you like gold. It's gonna, yeah, be, and it's that's, gotta um, be hard. It's gotta be hard though. When you get that reputation as a team who never pays anybody, mm-hmm. it's tough to beat that when guys know they're, they know as soon as it's their turn to get paid, they have to leave. Like so look, who is Columbus ever paid? Like right now with Zach Wierenski, right? So it, he he benefited from it because yeah. Seth Jones um, made it clear that he wasn't going to be back. And they're like, okay, well, here's a like if we don't if we don't, I hate saying that because I love Zach Wierenski. Is that I'm going to yeah. use this as an example too because the Devils just did it too with Dougie Hamilton. Like, yeah. If you are one of those markets and you need a guy, you need a guy like that. You're going to have to overpay for him. 
until you change that guard, right? Until you're a different team and you're uh, a winner every year and now you become a destination because you're a good, uh, you know, geographically, uh, you know, Columbus and New Jersey probably aren't going to draw like L.A. or Florida um, and some of these other places. So uh, you, you're going to have to win to do that. Well, the only way to win is to get good players. You got to overpay. And Zach Rensky, they they probably overpaid for him, but it was the right move. If the Devils overpaid for Dougie Hamilton, yeah, but it was the right move. They had to do it, and, and I think it's great that they do that, and I think they realize that now. They got burned so many times for it, and that's the other part too. When you think back to Artemi Panarin, they offered him a monster deal, but Panarin wanted to go to New York. You can't fault him for that, but they offered him just about as much money. I've actually heard they even offered him more money. Oh, Jesus. Oh, insider sources from Robert. Hey, um, that brings me to a topic that I actually want to talk about last episode when we were doing like a bit of a season preview, winning a chance to uh Brady Kachuk in Ottawa, restricted free agent. He's got he's got to get a new deal here soon. Uh it's kind of a stalemate back and forth with him and the Ottawa Senators. And if you're new to hockey, uh the Ottawa Senators are what can I compare them to, Gump? Maybe the Cincinnati Bengals of the NHL. Uh, a low-budget team. Worse. With a stingy owner. And he is an outspoken owner, and he likes to do things his own way, Eugene Melnick. Um, we do, uh, shout out to the boys over at The Athletic. They did a little research, and I stole their graphic here. These are the long-term deals players have signed with the Senators since the 2005 lockout. Look at these. Not one of these guys finished that deal with Ottawa. Fisher, gone. Danny Heatley, goal-scoring superstar, gone. Jason Spezza, basically the face of the franchise, gone. Eric Carlson, the stud on defense, game-changer, gone. Kyle Turris, gone. Clark MacArthur, that was a disaster, gone. Bobby Ryan, gone. It's insane, but you can kind of see it because you feel like the, the way they go about doing their business is – it lacks. It has some shortcomings in certain areas, and you could see why guys either end up moving on to greener pastures, whether they want to or not. But it's tough. And if you're K- Kachuk, like there's the debate right now, like what is it going to be a three year deal, a bridge deal? Is it going to be a long term, massive eight year deal? Like what 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 should be going through his mind, and what should be going through the senator's mind? Because I feel like if you're the senators, you should be doing everything you can to get this guy signed because he's a good player. He's got a great pedigree, comes from a great family, hockey legendary family. Sign this guy, whatever it takes. Stop playing hardball with him. Yeah, I, you know what? The big thing too, and and this probably goes every type of negotiation in life. Um, I've learned and love talking to, to agents and, and finding the mindset of this is it's about leverage. And all those names that you just mentioned there, it feeds and fuels the leverage for Brady Kachuk. He knows that they have to get him. I'm not saying him personally, maybe his agents, his camp, but he's in a great spot. They can't let Brady Kachuk go. You know what I mean? Like, uh, man, that was uh, Brady Kachuk. He's got to be an Ottawa senator. Okay, well. This might be that situation where short term and they're they're going to and they're going to have to. You're going to have to overpay for them short term, but you have to have a belief in them long term. Is it going to? Be, you got to project them. If you can't project them, and I think that's the biggest thing. I make I, it's, I'm not trying to simplify it because it's like I it's a tough thing to do. But man, you got to project players and you got to protect them. You project and protect, and if if you do a good job, you'll be around forever. You should you should uh, win cups. You should be making the big bucks. If you can't do that. 
You shouldn't be a GM. You should be out. So it, it, what do you think about Brady Kachuk? Do you like him? Is he going to be your future captain, which everybody thinks? Then sign him. Sign him. Sign him. Overpay, overpay him right now. Who do cares? It. In a few years down the road, it ain't going to matter. Like, that's your guy. Stake it now. And uh, I don't know if that's the organization that, that does that. No, they're too worried about the they, – they follow this, like, small market mindset of, like, a lot of baseball teams. Being from Pittsburgh, I see it with the Pirates, too, like, of, of contract control, and they're battling over – a, a year of free agency yeah. and and trying to buy into that with and that's a whole other thing I won't get on that tangent I think players hit free agency too late into their careers and that ends up screwing a lot of teams I think that should be lowered but like you're that team you have that history you have that track record everybody around the league knows it pay your young superstars set an example get a good guy who you know isn't going to screw you over as a franchise he's going to do everything he can to to win and set a good example at least. If you're not going to pay anyone, pay that guy at least. Yeah. Or you can get some other people like, hey. If there's I a guy to pay, that's him, right? Chuck. <laughs> that's it's a crazy guy to pay right there. No, I hear you. Gumps, what are we doing, pal? What's Ottawa doing? What are your Canadian brethren doing? I mean, the Senators stink, dude. They've stunk for a long time. And the thing is, when you're a team like that, you have to prove that it works. And it hasn't. You know what I mean? Like a small market team, like look at you go to baseball, the Oakland Athletics. They do it every fucking year and nobody knows how, but they've proven that it works. So guys will go there. If you can't prove it works and you're not going to pay anybody, nobody's going to go there. It's not going to happen. Like Ropper, would you have ever even considered Ottawa as a destination? No, probably not. (laughs) See, that's (laughs) like. <laughs> no, but I, I don't mean it from like Ottawa. The, the Ottawa, no, not the city, the nothing like that. Is, the, the organization. Is, the problem is there is that the the arena is in BFE, like it's out there, yeah, and 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 that's the thing. Like it, players, it's great. You want to raise a family. Ottawa's awesome, but you're talking about young 22, 23 year old players that are living their dream, playing in the NHL. They want to they want to play in the NHL. And they want to feel like they're in NHL. They don't want to go out there and like, you know, uh, you you go out to eat out uh, by the arena out there and uh, whatever it's called. It's uh, you, where you go to Swiss Chalet, Gumps. You know, <laughs> Swiss Chalet. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're not downtown. Yeah. Like downtown Ottawa is great because when I played in the OHL, the Ottawa 67s. You go in there, like that's a spot. So geographically, you're not you're not getting gonna have anybody coming there. The way the Team is operating, isn't going to get anybody there. The team stinks. Now you're drafting great young players. They got a great future. They got a lot of really good talented players there. But the one that you have publicly said will probably be our future captain, he's not on your roster right now. He's not playing right now. You won't sign him. I don't know. It's a damn shame. And I feel like this year, I I picked on Winnipeg and Edmonton a little bit last year as kind of those like dark, dreary, winter, wonderland Canadian cities that people didn't want to go to and players didn't want to go to. I'm going to take it easy on them this year because they've had their – Ottawa, I'm coming for you this year. You're, you're on the, Oilers, the, the Oilers have that history, long. though. You know what I mean? The Oilers have a history where they have won. I had like, – I, I, Yeah, no, they, they. you're right. So they have that and it's that's – they have tradition, right? They've got that in there. Like Ottawa – you know what's funny though? You like I'm older than you guys, but 
Starter jackets. My first starter jacket ever was an yeah. Ottawa Senators starter jacket. I don't know where the hell it got from. <laughs> I was in Cleveland, Ohio, and I got an Ottawa Senators <laughs> from like Dunham Sports. I don't even know how it got there. I wore it to school. No one in my I was the only kid in school that played hockey. And I wear it to school, and people are like, What is that? I'm like Ottawa Senators. Nothing. When they come into the league, 92, them and the Sharks. Was it 92? I don't even know, man. Maybe 94, early 91 or 92. Yeah. Well, hey, this is this has been a blast, and I hate to cut it short. I'd love to keep going, but I know Rupper, you got you got to work tonight. Yeah, I got to jump on. So you're you're going on NHL Network tonight. So everybody in the chat, we appreciate you. Capitals, Capitals. Nobody just get that. Oh, we got one. There we go. Two nothing caps. Hey, and the best part about that, Gumps, and I don't know if you're behind a little bit from your stream, Nick, but uh we got we got Wayne up in the up in the side box up there. I see Gretz. Probably talking, I'm assuming I got him on, I got the, the volume down, but it, I'm assuming he's talking about Ovi coming after his record. Is that Ovi you scored? One right timer, one timer, one timer from Ovi. the middle yeah, of the I'm way behind is. you guys, but yeah, Ovi's gonna get that record. Shit. <laughs> Yeah, he'll get it. So good for him. Oh, it was Schultz. It was Schultz. My bad. oh, was it? Yeah, Schultz at the top of the point. Oh, oh, Schultz, he good player. It to him. I think that'll do. It. That'll do. All right, hey, we got to wrap it up. We got to get Rupper out of here. He's got to work tonight. If you're in the chat, we appreciate you so much for watching along. I saw the boys in the chat from the office too. Connor, Zito, Diggs, uh, Pat. I know Pat was in there at one point. Appreciate you guys. I see a lot of people tell me to pet my dog. He's He's good. He's chilling. Big Waltz, he's had a day. Um, thank you guys so much for listening and following along. Shout out to Seat Geek. Go check them out. Hit the link in the in the description. Watch Rupper on NHL Network tonight. Uh, and if you're uh, just oh, listening another to it, one, another one. The Caps are pouring it on. Oh, Caps baby. Here money we go. line. Fucking lock of the century. <laughs> if you're just listening to this, what are you doing? Go to youtube.com forward slash that's hockey talk and follow along with us. We're doing it every Wednesday night. We're going to go live. We're doing watch longs with games. We're having a blast here. Boys, any final words while we send while we send everyone home for the night? I want to see a fight. We've seen goals. That fight has to happen here. Come on. It's Give probably not good, but I want to see it. Habs, Habs tied after the second intermission with the Leafs. Habs could steal another one in Toronto tonight. <laughs> Ain't happening. It's, it's all about the Leafs, baby. All right. Thank you guys so much. Everyone have a good night. We appreciate you. And that's Hockey Talk.